0: Welcome back to One on One, New York's longest running sports call-in show. I'm Thomas Silo, Andrew is here with me. And today, I think the first time in the history of One on One going uh, on YouTube live, we have a four-person interview if I'm not mistaken. A four-person interview, my Andrew and myself. We're here with Pat Gagan, Kevin Gallagher, they are authors and uh founders of the Save the Game movement, which is essentially how it sounds, to save the game of baseball, just, you know, bring back the excitement that it once had. So, both of them are here today. Gentlemen, thank you so much for taking the time out of your day to come talk to us.
1: Thanks for yeah. having us.
2: Yeah, thank you.
0: Yeah,
1: I'm, I, I'm impressed that you pronounced my name correctly. That's a, <laughs> that's a feat in and of itself.
0: I know a couple of Gagans uh, in my, oh, my circle of people. Go. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's nice the to qu- have the that. The question
2: practice. is, can you spell it? That's
0: the question. Oh, oh that's, a diff- <laughs> that's a different challenge. Uh, that to me is a different challenge. Um, But I guess a question for both of you, if we can get started here, a good place would be, you guys are both members of your Athletics Hall of fames at Pace and Mercy College, respectively, of course, for baseball. So can you detail a little bit about uh, your playing days and what you guys really took away with you that has just stuck with you the entire way?
2: And I'll jump off. So I played ball my whole life like Pat did. Maybe you guys too love the game, right? And went to Pace University on scholarship, did well there, Hall of Fame, blah, blah, blah. I went on to play a very, very brief period of time uh, in Pittsburgh Pirate Organization. Um, injury uh, forced me off the field in the fifth inning of a game in Class A, Bradenton. And I never knew I wouldn't walk back on the field. The injury was um, life, um, career ending. But uh, what I've taken away from sports, it's just a great place to, to be, to grow up, to learn things. And one of the things I've learned from this is writing this book and what we're doing now is that there's so many more kids that aren't talented to the level that Pat was and say I was and others that play the game and want to play the game way more. And uh, those are the kids that we're trying to address uh, the book to, number one, and uh, also the game of baseball itself. Yeah,
1: so um, thanks, Kevin. You know, I I grew up with Kevin. Uh, I grew up in the city and then moved to Croton-on-Hudson, so I've known Kevin for 45 years. Um, But I went to Mercy on a baseball scholarship, uh, played for Rick Wolf there. um, uh, And, you know, I had a great experience there. I was being scouted, hurt my arm my junior year. And when your fastball leaves you after Mm -hmm. uh, after that's over, then you're you, you become the control pitcher that you're always you were supposed to be. But you know, I had some good success, but, you know, for me, what I took away from college, A, I got my degree in four years, but B was the camaraderie that I had with the guys I played with and even Rick. I mean, one of the uniforms in the back there is the new Rochelle Robbins and I played with Rick on the Robins. So, um, so it's that kind of camaraderie that has carried me through the rest of my life. And I, I look to be part of winning teams and, you know, Being partnered with uh, Kevin and our other partner, Jeff Fry, it's a great team. So, you know, um, you know, the passion for the game never left me. And uh, I'm just very grateful that uh, I have the opportunity to be uh, on the team with Kevin and Jeff.
3: Uh, And and you guys obviously have played, you know, baseball, been around the game your whole lives. Like what was kind of the first moment where you wanted to start the Save the Game initiative? Was there, you know, one particular point, um, point or did it kind of snowball on itself?
2: It kind of snowballed on itself. I wrote, had written a book, and so after writing the book, Teach Your Kid to Hit So They Don't Quit, which is on Amazon, by the way. Um, a lot of people uh, received it well across the baseball world. Coaches, players, GMs, they all, they all liked it because it, it talked about teaching kids to hit the game. When you teach a kid to hit, they're going to have fun. They're going to stay at the game. And you just created a baseball fan for life. You created a customer of MLB, right? And that's So um met up with Jeff Fry. Jeff Fry, as you might know, is a nine-year MLB veteran, hit 290. Uh, he's on, um, he's viral now on social media with his um, She Gone uh, website and talking about all these crazy ways they're teaching kids to hit today, which hmm. is killing, killing the game. Because if you don't hit, you are going to quit. So um, it was, and I met up with him. We started to take a look at this and, and realize, hey, here's, here's the basis to save the game. And the basis to save the game is the kids, the youth of our generation, is not, they're not playing the game. They're not watching the game. They're not going to the game at sufficient numbers. And in 15 years, when the average fan um, moves on, ages on, dies off, um, they need to replace them uh, as, as customers, and baseball doesn't is not engaging them. So MLB, uh, we believe, could be irrelevant in 15 years. They're not going to have a, a, a customer base. And that's what this is all about. We're trying to save the game by making sure that we change the game so that kids will watch it, it's too boring for them, and teach them rights. so they stay with it.
0: <clears throat> so you detail that baseball is – a little bit more boring. Now, Andrew and I were at Andrew's more of a baseball head than I am. Like I still watch, I'll watch the Yankees every day, but Andrew is just such a baseball nerd. So it's like, I will digress to him. But one of the things I guess you guys can sort of go in depth with this is just other sports taking over. I mean, if you look at those, those bigger leagues, like the NFL, the NBA, the NHL is going to probably start to pass up um, baseball and maybe even European soccer. And, it's really a shame because baseball was the first sport. How does that, as two baseball lifers, how does that make you guys feel that? How did this indomitable thing, or so we thought, just pretty much almost fell flat on its face? How does that make you guys feel?
1: Terrible. I mean, yeah. you know, for for guys like Kevin and I and Jeff, I mean, I, I can remember, you know, as a kid, I would walk around to the candy store and I would buy my, Tops baseball cards, which cost a nickel a pack. You got 10 cards and a stick of gum. And I would get, you know, Mickey Mantle cards and Willie Mays and Willie McCovey and Tom Seaver, all these guys that I just looked up to that I wanted to be like. Um, what we see is that, you know, to Kevin's point, the game has changed in such a way that um, they have changed the fundamentals of the game. And by changing the fundamentals of the game, They've also impact the, you know, the viewership and the people that want to play the game. You know, Kevin and I are really concerned. I mean, there's a statistic out there that um, over the last number of dozen years or so, the participation rate for kids six to 12 has dropped 26%, 26%. That's not an insignificant number. So to Kevin's point, unless we teach these kids to hit, which again, save the game was the genesis of from Kevin's book, really. Um, Unless we teach the fundamentals properly, they're not going to be there as fans for life. Right. So, you know, you may not get beyond little league. You may not begin beyond Babe Ruth, but you become a fan at a young age and you will either follow it or not. And that's what Kevin is talking about is that, we want the game to be relevant for another 125 years like it has been for the last 125 years. And um, so, yeah, and we want to align with Major League Baseball on this movement. Let's be let's be very clear. Um, we we believe we have solutions as far as that's concerned. And one And Kevin's book is probably the genesis of that.
2: And uh, before you ask your next question, the the website that we have is Save the Game US dot com, Save the Game US is a petition that we, we have on there. We're trying to get a million signatures to harness the energy of discontent across America from the average baseball fan who is not satisfied with the way the game has changed, particularly over the last 10 years, because they've shifted to an all-power game, which, as Andrew, if you're watching the game, you, you understand yes. there's a lot of downtime in between home runs. There's four minutes between balls put in play. The kids today uh, in MLB, they're in the entertainment business, and kids today are drawn to MMA, UFC, Premier Soccer, M- uh, NBA, NFL, Sony, PlayStations. There's so many ways they can go. And we have them sitting down watching this game. It's slowed down even more now um, with the, with the all-power swing. So this is a pivotal moment, we believe, uh, in the history of baseball. We believe that we're, we're doing this because we love the game. We believe that people are going to look back on this moment. When we get the million signatures, <clears throat> we take it to MLB and have a discussion with them about what we want to do to help save the game, change the game, and grow the game. Uh, they're going to say that was the moment this took place because we don't do anything. Um, right now, there's only 20% of Gen Zers that, that watch baseball, 20%. There's only 7% of kids under 18 that watch that watch the game on TV. My point being is there's, there's nobody, nobody filling up the gap of the average age TV viewer is 57. As they move on, any business needs to fill it with new customers. They're not paying attention to the kids. They're going elsewhere. And that's, that's what we we're trying to address with Save the Game. <clears throat>
3: Uh, that definitely makes a lot of sense. And I kind of wanted to get on, you guys touched on about like solutions to try to, you know, uh, you know, fix the game a little, save the game. And um, does that kind of start in a grassroots effort where it is like just getting, you know, whether it be MLBs aid or Little Leagues aid or, you know, kind of those types of areas to maybe, you know, teaching the fundamentals. As you said, obviously, teach your kid to hit so they don't quit. And I think, you know, baseball, if you can learn, maybe it's not a power swing, maybe it's more of a contest swing. you may see. You know, kids play it more. Maybe easier for them to obviously have the fundamentals of the game. And then when you're a little older, high school, even if you're not playing college, at least you can watch it and you know, grow to be a fan of it.
2: And i'll let you jump in a second. You're 100 percent right. All you gotta do is play a year or two or three of baseball. Get a hit. Get get dirty. High five your friends. Score the winning run. You're done. You're, you're hooked for life. You may never go on to play senior little league or anything, but you're hooked, right? And so the whole point of it is, is making contact. Our whole pitch about to Major League Baseball is going back to the way the game was played for 125 years, which is contact baseball. Put the ball in play, one, move, slide, throw, activity. I often talk about the entertainment value in football. is not the touchdowns, it's the drive down the field. Third and sixth, find their feet, picks it up. Fourth and one, go for it. It's the march for 15 minutes down the field call that's it, called entertainment. Not the one-play bomb that fails most of the time. In baseball, it's the rally. The single, the double, ball gets away, gets thrown out at home. Players move up. Whatever. Let's go Mets. Let's go Yanks. 15 minutes. The home run's a sudden 30-second event. We stand up, cheer, and sit down. And that's where the entertainment's gone. So, Pat, I'll let you answer now. But contact hitting is the fundamental reason we want to do this. Theo Epstein has been hired by Major League Baseball to figure out what's wrong with the game so much. He has five takeaways. There are takeaways. We've been talking these for two years. Hit the ball, put it in play, continuous motion, defensive defensive action. Uh, you know, these are the things that that fa- the fans want. And so it starts with contact hitting. And if you, we have two two goals, we got to change it up top, so if the game becomes interesting, so the kids will watch it. Yeah. And then we got to fix it down here, so we can teach them the right way to hit, so they don't swing miss, swing miss, swing miss, get embarrassed, go play lacrosse, which is fine, soccer, or go to the street corner. Pat,
1: I'm sorry to jump in. Go ahead. No, uh, Kev, that's, um, that's fine. I mean, you know, so one of the things we, and you've, you guys were mentioning John Cirillo before, right? So we've had conversations with John mm-hmm. and he had a great idea. Is One of the things we want to be able to do is to get this message out at a grassroots level is, You know, we want to get engaged with uh, the local governments and the municipalities and, you know, potentially have a save the game day where we can go out there and demonstrate, you know, the eight steps in Kevin's book on how to hit a baseball. Right. So so that's kind of like the physical aspect of it. But we also believe that. You know, uh, and and your generation is growing up much different than Kevin and I am. You know, my daughter's generation is they're based around technology, right? So we want to be able to take the, the eight steps in that book and digitize them for lack of a better term so that, you know, you can go online and the, the, the technology is there where you could actually have a camera and measure the swing and make sure it's on the same hitting plane as, it, as the book teaches, right? So, but you get an automatic feedback loop, right? So we believe that, you know, to Kevin's point, the Gen Zers are just not watching baseball in large numbers. We believe that we also have to go to where they are. Your generation is online. You're going to live online, the metaverse, everything associated with that, right? So we're not, we're not old enough to, 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 to real, or we're not too old not to realize that we need to change and be where your generation and the generation that comes behind you, which is going to be online. And we've talked about solutions around that area. But from a grassroots perspective, that's what we want to be able to do is to get out there with the local municipalities and governments and start a grassroots campaign that way. And the actual petition is actually a grassroots effort as well. Right. It's digital. It's online because we believe that, you know, this is going to go viral uh, with help from gentlemen like yourselves. And that is going to be the grassroots message that we're going to be able to take back to baseball with a single voice a single voice for all the fans.
0: I'll reiterate, I've said this um, in past WFUV interviews, working in the sports media industry is such a pleasuring experience because we get to talk to people like you guys and just the fascinating stories that you guys present us. But I want to jump to a little bit. You guys talk about the modern game and being online and all of this algorithm metaverse-ness. Um, the analytical sword and the way that teams do things now with sabermetrics and you see terms like three true outcome players just start popping up and then all of a sudden they start multiplying in the MLB and they spread like a like a virus what do you guys have to say to that as people are trying to bring it back what's your counter argument to this like this doesn't work
2: well here's the deal um... The owners of uh, listening to the analytic people the analytic people will tell you that the power swing that which creates the launch angle is a more a more um uh, what's the word, what's the uh, more value, valuable swing? It's a more valuable, one swing, three runs, you know. Um, it, cre- it actually scores more runs. It does, and you can win championships doing that. You can, but at the expense of the entertainment value of the game, It sapped the entertainment value of the game. It's uh, the Strikeouts are through the roof. Um, there were 6,000 home runs last year and, and, and 2,400 games. It's 2.46 home runs a game. You've got to wait an hour in between home runs. Nothing else is happening. Everybody's throwing no hitters now. Everybody's striking out. You know, 20-something batters. uh, The team's stressed on 20-something batters. So the game has slowed down. Our argument is that what's working, the the experiment of the power swing is failing. Attendance is down. Viewership is down. uh, Participation is down. In 1982, 42 million people watched the World Series. In 2008, 11 did. And this past year, excuse me, um, is my numbers right?
1: 2021 was 11.75.
2: Yeah, in 2008, it was 25 million. So it went to 42 to 25 to 11. We have projections to be at 5 million in 11 years. So the point is that this experiment has failed. And the reason it's continuing to go on is because they're still paying these people the big money to hit that way, to hit, 200, to hit 220, hit 35 home runs, um, you know, and, and strike out 200 times. So they're paying them that money. So as long as they're paying them that money, they're going to continue to go through the minor leagues, bring up through college, the little league coaches. They're all teaching them that, that, that swing. Um, and until they realize that um, they're going to have a revenue cliff in 15 years because there's no, going to be no customer base for them in 15 years, um, we want them to change it to bring back contact hitting. Not entirely. You need a slugger. You need three sluggers in the lineup, but not nine. You don't need nine. So, yeah, the yeah. argument is that it's, sapped, it's sapped the entertainment value. It's making the kids – it's affected the kids and the youth because they're not watching it, they're not playing it. And any business needs to have foresight and see what's coming down the road. And coming down the road is, uh, as people die, they're not being replaced, and they're called customers, not fans.
1: There was the um, to come back to um, you know the saber matricians, right? So um, you guys can find this podcast online. It was uh, CC Sabathia and Ryan rucco They had Theo Epstein on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, and he talked about um, in there that you know while it came in you know twenty-some odd years ago with Moneyball, et cetera you know, I'm paraphrasing is maybe they've over-rotated on, you know, really taking a look at those statistics and the analytics. And what, what is missing is what Kevin is talking about is the action in the game. What's gone in the game is the hit and run and the steal. And how do I move the runner over? I mean, all of these things that we grew up learning how to do, and what we were taught how to do—that's the action in the game that Kevin is talking about. And I, I go—I'll point back to Theo Epstein. These are the things that he is saying that need to change, right? So, could the should they really take a look at—is moving the runner over a more valuable at bat as opposed, to, or a more valuable hit than the two-run home run? To to Kevin's point, if we keep them, the Yankees had a saying back in the 90s and even through the 2000s, keep the line moving. If you can keep the line moving for the next guy to come up to play, that's where you have, you know, the action in the game and the entertainment value in the game. And that's where you get the heart palpitations like, oh, what's he going to do now? Mm-hmm. That's gone. To Kevin's point, it only happens every couple of innings and you can sit down and watch your phone and do other things other than pay attention to the game.
2: Andrew, yeah. there's, there's there's four minutes in between balls put in play in in major leagues. Four minutes, oh. you can get up, go walk your dog, come back, make a hamburger.
0: <laughs> yeah.
2: You can sit down. The same guys at bat, nothing's going on. I get it, the ch- chess game inside out. I get, it. but the kids don't get it. What dad? There's nothing going on here. What am I? Can I go? Can I go play the game hmm. again? You know that. That's what uh, Pat we're talking about. It's that entertainment value, which is the things happening. Um, uh, Theo Epstein said we we need more action in the game we have seven st- great athletes standing around out there for most of the game doing nothing we need that to run throw slide we need continuous continuous movement 34 percent of the game is between the pitcher and the catcher throwing the ball back and forth strike elk, walk a home run you know two-thirds of the game so um it, it's we need to get action back in the game if we want the kids to watch it and if we, the kids aren't watching it it's it's a business uh, you know Blockbuster just figured everyone was always going to get out of off their couch when it was 13 degrees and Mm -hmm. go get a movie, and then rewind it and bring it back tomorrow. Well, the kids said, "No, there's a better way." And they're they're telling baseball, "There's a better way," and baseball's not listening.
1: But maybe maybe these guys don't know. But Blockbuster was the original Netflix, right? So
3: oh, we know. Uh, I used to have one uh, near me in Jersey. I'm still yeah, I'm still old enough to remember my uh, Blockbuster. (laughs) All right, cool. great. (laughs) But,
2: but they We're didn't saying. have foresight and they went out of business. No. Wayne, yeah. Wayne Gretzky said, great quote, you can apply it in. He says, a good hockey player always knows where the puck is. But a great hockey player always knows where it's going. And same thing in business. You've got to see where the generational habits are cha- changing. The trends are changing. What's, um, Mr. Goodell just signed a 10-year contract, 11-year contract with the NFL, $118 billion in media rights uh, contract. Major League Baseball just signed it for $12 billion. Okay, 118-12. Yeah. You know what he's worried about? And we were speaking to the president of a company that was in the office with him. He's worried about how do my sponsors make money over the next 11 years so that when the next contract comes up, we can sign a bigger one. See, he has foresight. And then right now, Rob Manfred in the group, we don't think they do. We're trying to help them have that.
3: Yeah, that's definitely, I think, the contact part. As a big Mets fan, the 2015 World Series with the Royals and the way they put Bingo. the ball in play. was a, As a Mets fan, you're pulling your head out. But those games were, you know, very, very fun and uh, interesting, pre- I think. I'm,
2: a, I'm a Met fan too. I was at, as a game, I was at the, the only game they won that uh, in the World yeah. game three, I think, but yeah, but there was a pressure offense, hit the ball, run, yeah. steal. It was, it was always putting pressure on the defense. It was a fascinating way to play. Can you imagine success for us isn't to get all of major league baseball to change, probably not going to happen, but you get one, two, three small market teams who aren't doing well anyway, see the value in it. Right. And now all of a sudden you have a David and Goliath situation, potentially, you know, you're playing that pressure game in a home run game. You know, that's where it starts. And MLB is a copycat league. If it works, sure. people make money, they'll, they'll do it too.
3: Nah, and I, I wanted to ask, because it seems like the the whole impetus for uh, this movement was, the was Kevin, your book, Teach, uh, Teach Your Kid to Hit So They Don't Quit. Where did you think about kind of making that that book? Is that something that you kind of were just seeing a trend and you wanted to write about it? Or is that more of like a passion project? How, yeah. how did that idea come up?
2: It was in my heart for a long time. Pat, I'll tell you, it's yeah. hard to sit down and write a book. You start your stuff. Yeah, for a long time. But I'll tell you exactly when when it happened, and Pat knows this. I was a I was a good ball player, like Pat. Headlines, trophies, MVPs, all that stuff, right? Um, my brother wasn't that good a ball player when he was young. Got better later. Great softball player, but when young, he didn't make the teams. He he grew late. Okay, but he he said to me a few years back, he says, Kevin, now you you're a good ball player. He said, I give my right arm to be you for one day to get one headline, one MVP trophy, one pat in the back, one one headline, you know whatever it might be. He says, you have all of those and you're not enjoying any of them, and, um, you know, I've never had one. I'd love to have one, and I begin to realize that all the kids out there, as I said before, that want to play this game, but nobody teaches them how to hit. They pick their lineup by the kids. They throw BP. Joey can hit. Tommy can hit. He, he can. He can't, you know, and, and so they, they get pushed to the side. So the book was written for that kid. Not, not I want the kid to – I'm not trying to make the kid the best kid on the field. I want the kid to be the happiest kid, and sometimes it's a ground border short and get on by an error. He's happy, you know. Parents want to stay at the home run and win the game. But he's, he's out there, he's dirty. He to go, go to school tomorrow and talk about the game. You know, that's why I wrote the book. And the book has eight steps in the back. It's the simplest thing. It's written to the parent to teach the child because parents don't know how to teach kids to hit. They will after they read my book and watch the video. So that's where it came from.
0: That's a, that's a good way to advertise your book. Like you become an instant expert in teaching your kids how to hit. I think that's a fantastic marketing tool. Uh, one more question here before we wrap up. Um, I just want to talk a little bit about, you know, John Cirillo, who recommended us this interview, uh, said it would be a good idea, and it's turned out to be a really good one. Um, I want to know a little bit about what it's like having someone of his experience and stature uh, kind of working behind the scenes, if you will, with you guys and helping you guys really build up this entire movement and how much that is meant uh, to the two of you.
1: You know, um, we're smart enough to know that we don't know everything, right? So Um, We talked about it earlier in this uh, conversation. It's really, for me, it was always about team, right? So Kevin and I, I mean, I was a pitcher. Kevin was a second baseman. You know, so, you know, we knew what we had to do to be a part of those nine guys on the field. In this endeavor, um, you know, we're trying to be of service back to the baseball community. And we realized that we needed help. So um, we reached out to Rick. Um, Rick Wolf wrote the forward to Kevin's book he was my college coach uh, for four years I played with Rick and um, he he gave us John's uh, contact information I called him and you know we've been engaged with John now for the better part of almost two months and um, you know it's one of those things where you don't know what you were missing until you found it right so He's been able to get interviews such as this. He's got a few more lined up for us. He's got this Rolling Thunder campaign that he's going to, you know, utilize for us. But when you have a professional like that that's been in this industry for 30-plus years, you know, you can't – we couldn't do that. So, uh, we realize that having someone like John on the team is invaluable.
2: Yeah, keep in mind, John couldn't hit a curveball. I'll guarantee you that. <laughs> but, um, so, but, but we can't promote like John can, right? So you got to know what your strengths are and what your strengths are. So number one, here, this is the book, Teach You Get to Hit, oh, nice. right? So it's a very colorful book, very nice hands-on book and pictures and all that stuff. And it's on, on um, Amazon. But uh, what we're doing with John is we're doing a national rollout campaign, TV, uh, news, newsprint, the um, print radio. We're doing that with John across the country. You've got a three month contract with John. He's not cheap by the way. And, um, we also have a contract with a, a, a digital team that's releasing and unleashing the social media campaign today. We're gonna to roll that out for three months. So between the two of these things, like Pat said, we're trying to get that million signatures. Once again, the website is www.savethegameus.com and it's for the average baseball fan who's like Pat says, shouting in the wind every day about how dissatisfied he is with the game. We're gonna collect that energy of discontent, put it into one big voice and go to that major league baseball and say, can we have a conversation? Your fan wants to talk to you. Your customer wants to talk to you. We're not happy with what's going on. We'd like you to listen to us. So that's what we're trying to do.
0: That's amazing stuff. Once again, I want to thank Pat Gagan, Kevin Gallagher. Go check out Save the Game. Go check out the website. It's really interesting stuff. But we're going to be right back here on on one-on-one New York's longest running sports call-in show. So stick around.